business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, Lane, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! What is going on, everybody? Yeah, Saturday night. It is Hollywood Hangout. Thank you for joining me. I was expecting Smart to join me tonight, but it looks like he's not going to. Not quite sure where he is, but that's okay. I am still doing television scene stealers tonight, and we will still get it done. I've got five, five scenes to play for you guys tonight. You guys are going to listen to them, and you're going to see what... Uh, television shows I enjoy. I think you guys can probably guess most of them, but uh, there you go. I will knock plugs out in just a minute, but thank you for joining me. I am David Richardson. This is Hollywood Hangout, and once again, I appreciate everybody stopping on by. So, 
Um, once again, we're doing television scene stealers tonight. Um, this is something that me and Smart had talked about doing. It was um, just something that we thought might be a good idea since we've been doing movie scene stealers a lot. We decided to go ahead and try to do a, you know, I snuck a NYPD blue one in and uh, Smart decided, hey, we can do TV. I'm like, hey, let's do it. So why not? But um, we will do this again since Mark is not here. I'll find more scenes that I love from television shows. But uh, I expected Smart. This is going to be a definitely a shorter show because I was expecting five TV scenes from Smart, five from me. But you're only getting five now. So unless Mark shows up, which he may, he just might. And if he does, that's just fine with me. So... We'll see if he does. If he does not, you will still get my five top television scenes. In the meantime, I guess what we can do is go ahead and I will drop... Let me find some, some music to play during this... During these... Uh, during these plugs here. If you give me one second, I will grab a song. I will throw it in there. And we will go ahead and play it. And uh, that's not a problem right there. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll get that. We'll do that. The plugs are not even loaded up yet, but they are right now. I should know them by now. I don't. I don't know why. But anyway, like I said, I expected Smart to come on with me tonight. I'm not sure what he's doing. But anyway, I want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Tomorrow night is Halloween. I was actually just with my son right now. We were doing some Halloween stuff for Boy Scouts and uh, we came on back. I thought I might be late, but I'm not late. So anyway, let's go ahead and rock this right now. Get these plugs knocked out, and then we will start this show. I will give you my five greatest television scenes that I've seen. Like I said, I did expect Smart, so this is going to be a short show. I apologize for the shortness of it, but that's the way we're going. And that's what we're going to do. Anyway, I want you guys to check out the high marks. That's right. I want you to check them out. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time Sundays on Mixter.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. That's right. I'm not stammering, not stuttering. It is two T's in Mitt. Mixter.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. Go ahead and check out Cheese Man Mojo and G-Wiz over there on the high marks. You should be checking them out. Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades. They are the Inhumans. They are on the Inhuman Experience. If you are not subscribed yet, be ashamed of yourself. What is wrong with you? Go and subscribe on all the usual podcast platforms. We've got Eric and Doug and Daniel. They are over there. They're on the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Go check out everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. You can also check out the EUP network over there on Blog Talk Radio. That's where you're going to find those guys on Blog Talk Check them out, Eric, Doug, and Daniel. Eric's been joining us on Dirt Sheet Dudes. Great guy. A lot of fun. Definitely check out that show on all of your usual podcast platforms. And, of course, Stephen Milan, he's over there reviewing movies, too, on Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan. There's two L's in his last name. Go check him out. And, of course, don't forget to check out me and Smark and sometimes Eric. You never know if he's going to be on or not. And we're on Dirt Sheet Dudes, Mixer.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. Once again, I did have to change the name of this uh, Mixler because I stupidly used to do the Dirt Sheet Dudes as Hollywood Hangout. And that 
made it so where I had to do a dash dash two, but Hollywood dash hangout. Mixler.com slash Hollywood dash hangout is where you can find this show from now on. And that's where I'm going to be. I know it's going to take a while to get followers back. I know it's going to take a while to do everything, but I am willing to do it. I am going to put a lot more time into this show. Um, I really, I really enjoy doing this show. I'll be honest with you, talking movies, talking television shows. So, and especially since it's on Saturday night, I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying doing this. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. But anyway, that is all the plugs. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get right into, not going to waste your time, going to get right into it. Um, but again, happy Halloween to everybody. Tomorrow night is Halloween. Be safe, be happy, have fun, get a lot of candy, but definitely be safe. Um, I'm going to get into some of my, once again, I'm going with favorite uh, television scenes, scene stealers, if you will. I know we've done it for movies already two times. We'll definitely do another one. We'll definitely do another uh, television scene sealer since Mark is not here. I, 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 I was hoping he was going to stop on by, but he did not. So I, I, I realized in doing this, though, I don't watch a lot of television series. And most of the TV's, TV shows I watch, you all know, are cop shows. I watch NYPD Blue. I do watch Chicago PD. I do watch Law and Order SVU. I do watch a lot of some new shows, but not that many. Most of the shows I watch are from the '90s or late two or early 2000s. To be honest, this was kind of tough for me to do to pick out five. I know I could do do it again, but it was a little tough for me because I realized watching this man, I just don't watch many television shows right now. I don't even have cable, so. I don't see a lot of the new shows that are coming on. If they're not on Hulu or Netflix or any streaming service, I just don't really see them. So I did find a way to pick five. Of course, NYPD Blue is one of them that I did pick because I uh, I actually had two for the last show we did, which was movies. Smart just didn't know that we could do television. So I went ahead and added one more NYPD Blue, but... Like I said, this was a little tough for me. I realized I just don't watch many television shows. But I did get a few. I've got NYPD Blue. I've got The Shield. I've got Eastbound and Down, Night Court, and a little show called The Unit. I'm actually going to start with that. That's a show I found on Hulu. Um, matter of fact, I had to play this clip off Hulu because I couldn't find it on the on YouTube or anywhere else. But I am going to go ahead and start with this one right here. It is off of a show called The Unit. Now, uh, hold on a second here. I'm going to have to... It keeps re restarting itself because it is Hulu and it is a program. So I'm going to pause it real quick. I'm going to go back here. Now, The Unit was... Like I said, it wasn't a huge television show was on from 2006 to 2009. Some of the main stars in it were Dennis Haysbert, if you've ever watched Major League. He is uh, Serrano, Pedro Serrano, in that movie right there. And he is the Allstate guy. So if you've ever heard that Allstate commercial with that uh, tall black guy that has the deep voice, 
that is Dennis Haysbert right there. Regina Taylor is in this show. Um, Scott Foley is in this show. Michael Irby is in this show. It's a great show. It's obviously a military show about the unit, which is basically a secret part of the military, which is not supposed to exist. It is their only boss is one guy who is played by, um, give me one sec here. I'll give you the name of him. It's the guy from, um, Terminator two, actually, um, Robert Patrick is the guy's name. He's Colonel Tom Ryan in this show, and he is kind of their boss, but he answers only to the vice president and the president, and that is it. This unit supposedly does not exist. Now, in this scene here, it goes throughout a few of the little scenes, but a few of the episodes, but in this scene here, they are actually getting in trouble, or actually about to get court-martialed for stealing some diamonds back in another episode. Um, but Randy Couture is in this episode. That's right, the UFC famous fighter, Randy Couture, is the one you're going to hear talking in this episode. He plays a military police officer in uh, a few episodes of this show. But the first one I'm going to play you right now is right where they're coming in. You're going to hear Robert Patrick talking. You're going to hear Dan, Dennis Haysbert talking. And you're going to hear Randy Couture talking. Um, and I'm going to go a little further because right now is probably a good time to start this scene before it restarts. And I want to get it before it does again. And we're going to start right now. The unit. One of my absolute favorite, favorite scenes. And I believe a scene stealer by Robert Patrick here we go. You men, drop your bags and take two steps back. This is a restricted area. Randy Couture. Who the hell are you? What do you think you're doing? I said drop the bags and take two steps back. I'm not going to say it again. Does your mama know you're out? You should take your hands off your weapon unless you're ready to use it. All right, everybody, stop. Everyone, take your hands away from your weapons. Sergeant Strickland. I am Sergeant Major Blaine. This is my compound. You want to tell me what this is all about? My order state... Sergeant Strickland, you may return to your patrol. Yes, sir. Let's go. Colonel Baysmore, 30 minutes, I'll meet you at your office. Sergeant Major, this entire organization is on stand-down pending an Article 32 investigation for massive criminal action and war crimes by members of this command. Sir, that's... Thank you, Sergeant. And it seems that this team, your team, Sergeant Major, are central to every aspect of those activities. Colonel, I'm sure there's an explanation. In fact, at the present time, your men are the sole subjects of these potential criminal charges. Therefore, pending further notification, you will hold yourselves ready for interview by investigators from the CID. And I warn you now that if you speak about this matter amongst yourselves, under law, such action is considered conspiracy. And under military law, conspiracy against command constitutes mutiny. And men, know you well that I will not hesitate to bring those charges against you myself. This team, you five men, by your actions, may have destroyed a unit 30 years in the making. Now you will walk away, and you will leave this compound. And you will walk away in five different directions. 
and you will have no further communications with each other. We're dismissed. All right, so there you go. That was the scene right there. Now, they don't really... They sort of walk away, but they don't. They plan everything. Um, they do become the unit once again after, at the end of the show. Um, but it's a really, th- th- this is a really good show. And it's not, like I said, it's kind of an under underrated, underviewed show. I never heard about it until I found it on Hulu. But my wife just came in with a shot, so I'm going to go ahead and do a shot with the wife. Clink to you, baby. Cheers to you. Happy Halloween, everybody. And there we go. Thank you, babe. And uh, so there you go. Again, a a really good show. Robert Patrick, obviously, one of his, not his first movie, but one of his first and probably breakout roles was Terminator 2, where he played the the T-1000, I believe. Um, But Dennis Haysbert in this show is basically the team leader and he is amazing in this show i mean anyone i mean talk about a guy who was just born to play a military role it was him i mean if you and if you watch this show once again you can find it on hulu it's 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 all every season is on there it's a really good show but it's based on a book called delta force i believe that is a, a lot of the stories in this show are true. They're true stories that have happened, and it's a really, really good show. Um, once again, it's on Hulu. If you want to watch it, you can. If you and you have Hulu, you can go right ahead and watch it. But one of the best scenes right there. I mean, they go deep, deep under when they try to run from these guys, and it's pretty cool what they do. But uh, they do eventually get get back together as the unit. But the CIA gets involved. It's it's really a crazy little show. But uh, I, I really think that if you're a fan of military shows, cop shows, you will enjoy this show. So there you go. The unit. That's my first one right there. Now, I'm going to go a little... Oh my gosh, he really picked that one. Now, once again, I don't have a ton of television shows that I watch, and I realized that as I went through and 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 kind of, you know, went through and and did this show. That oh my god, I I really don't watch a lot of television shows, but I think this one might surprise you. This is from Eastbound and Down. Now. That's one show I binge watched. I did. I went through. I uh, it was on my computer. I binge watched it. Absolutely amazing, amazing show. Danny McBride is a brilliant, brilliant comedian, in my opinion, and just a brilliant guy. Just can come up with stuff. The improv, the way he does it, uh, it but an incredible show. Now this is a scene with him. And Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell plays kind of a, basically he plays a Ric Flair character in, in this show. He really does. He basically plays Ric Flair 
Um, and I forget the name of the character. Hold on. I'm trying to find it right now. Will Ferrell, uh, something Ashley. I'll, the, the name comes up. I, I, I can't believe I didn't actually get the name, but I will get the name real quick. I think it's Ashley, Ashley Schaefer. Ashley Schaefer is the name. I should have had that ready. Uh, Ashley Schaefer is the name, but this is one scene where it's Ashley Schaefer, Will Ferrell, Craig Robinson, uh, Danny McBride, who once again, I, I, Craig Robinson is, is another brilliant comedian, but Danny McBride is like another level um, comedian. One night I need to do the movie, uh, This is the End, where Danny McBride, Seth Rogen, James Franco, all those guys play themselves. And I, I really need to do that movie because that's a really good movie and I, I would really like to have some fun doing that movie. But this is a scene from Eastbound and Down. I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. Here you go, Eastbound and Down. Let's go ahead and rock it. Oh, this is... By, by the way, you're going to hear about an eye being taken. It was at a little... A little, like, hitting contest they had where Craig Robinson had his eye lost. Again, this this show is absolutely hilarious. Craig Robinson is hilarious in it. And here we go. Let me go ahead and get... Oh, hold on a minute. Oh, I've got Smark here. You sure do. And I don't know if he has five clips ready, but if he does, I can still play them. I do. I will send them your way in just a moment here. Right. Folks, Smark is here. I have only played one clip, which means that means I go first. Smark can go ahead and get his clips. Let me go ahead and get them pulled up here. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. There's a little bit of a communication error there because I thought you were going to be I was still a half hour late is the end result of the story, but I thought that you were going to be, you're saying about, well, actually, I thought we were going to start at 10. Well, Because I, I, I thought you were starting at 9.30 these days, and then you were, like, saying you might be a half hour late. And I got the, te- the uh, messenger post from you, like, five <laughs> minutes ago that's like, we can start on time. Like, ah, fuck. Ah, you're fine, dude. We'll get it worked out. We'll do this shit live on air, brother. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I'm pulling up messenger right now. And uh, I played my first one. I'm sorry you didn't hear it, but it was from The Unit. I'm sure oh, you, okay. you probably never heard of that show. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I did you hear go. you setting up for your second clip. Mm-hmm. I have heard of that. Yes. Well, I'm going to let you play yours. I've already set up for mine so I can redo that. That's not a problem at all. But I've. Uh... Well, do you want to hit up yours real quick while I send you mine? I guess I can do that, and then you can play two, and then we can uh, catch right back up. That's fine. Um, once again, mine was from Eastbound and Down. I'll go ahead and let it roll while Smark is sending me his. And let me get Eastbound and Down clip rolled back up. Here we go. Eastbound and Down. Oh, hold on. There we go. I don't know why the sound was so low, but it was.
What the fuck are you doing in Myrtle? Oh, I've been coming here for Black Bakaway for 10 years now. And since we were in the area, we thought we'd stop by and say hello to my second favorite ball player. Well, that wasn't really necessary, being that you and I are even. It's not exactly true, Mr. Powers. Your swashbuckling shenanigans cost me my new dealership. The Kia representatives also did not appreciate the fact that we had a Japanese geisha. Because you know why? Because they're Korean. <laughs> it turns out that fucking Orientals are highly sensitive. I never, I would have bet a million dollars that they were not a sensitive race of people. I don't give a fuck about the sensitivity of Orientals. I'm a father now. I take it this here is your boy, huh? Yes, this is him. Scott, pull your penis out and put it inside this infant. I'll fucking bite it off, Scott. Keep it in that That's a called a joke. Scott knew I was kidding as soon as I said it. <laughs> All right, well, if you two fucking hobnobs are done laughing and giggling... Okay, FYI, I'd have put a bullet in his head when he said that. <laughs> I gotta feed this motherfucker that is my son. <laughs> I'm gonna have to push pause on the feeding, because somebody else wants to say hello as well. Shut the fuck up! Don't let that nigga get you killed. I put some hollows in your shirt, nigga. You can get murdered, nigga. You can get murdered. You know I keep that thing on me, and I'll let the bullets Kenny Powers. Reg Mackworthy. <laughs> you look sad, boy. Someone take your lunch money? <laughs> no, but it does look like somebody took your eye. Oh, yeah, me. Fuck you, Kenny Powers, you insensitive dickhead. I see you got a team to pick you up, huh? Must be nice. My baseball days are over because of you. Yeah, well, maybe it's hot time you look for another line of work. Maybe you could be a telescope operator. <laughs> Fun and games, gentlemen. Is this what this is all about? This is why you wanted to come fucking visit me in Myrtle Beach, just to try to start a fight with me and Mackworthy? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> There's too many eyes out here right now. We'll discuss this later. I'll be here all week with my eye on you, yeah. KP. Black Bike Week is a whole week. Monday, Tuesday, Friday, <laughs> yeah, I got it. 168 hours. Okay, I got it. 10,080 minutes. Got it. <laughs> Seven whole days, not five days. Seven days. Oh, so you guys just got into town today? I, I got here two days ago, but... The... So you've been here longer. You're going to be here seven longer. Seven days from right now, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about work week, five days. I'm talking seven-day week. Well, congratulations. I hope you got a fucking good weekly rate on a hotel room. I didn't. <laughs> Scott, push me out of here. There you go. That's Mark. Are you a fan of the Eastbound and Down? I am. I haven't seen all of them. I know you're saying you binge watch them. I saw the first like season or two, mm -hmm. and it just, I, I think I stopped having HBO as a situation. I don't remember exactly, but I do like the show while I was watching it. I do need to go back and watch them all. Um, if you need it, I got it, and I can send it to you. Um, but yeah, it is a great show. And I, I like I said, I binge watched it, and it's like, hmm. Is it is this show this good? Like I I, I was intrigued by the show. It's a really good show. Like I said, Danny McBride is brilliant in the show, playing this you know kind of washed up baseball guy. But it's such a good show. And Will Ferrell, like I said, basically he plays Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. 
Looks like Ric Flair kind of acts like Ric Flair with Flair mannerisms. Exactly. Exactly. Looks like him, acts like him. It's it's just a great show. And if to binge watch this show, though, is great because it's just funny after funny after funny. It's just more. It's 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 just such a great show. But Mm -hmm. um, all right, man. Now we can do two of yours, Mark, because I knocked out uh, two of mine. So let me get that one out of here. Okay. Let's do that. That one is gone. And are we doing yours in order? We are going to do those in order. Okay. I There's not too much of a necessary order to things because outside of the fact that I bookended my clips because I start with serious, I end with serious, but I've been feeling I was in a goofy mood last couple <laughs> of days ah. while I was assembling these here clips. I figured why not just go where the fancy takes you and pick some comedy. So it's primarily comedy tonight, but I got a little bit of serious starting off with the first clip I picked. This was uh, this was this, this was tougher than I thought because I realized I don't watch many TV shows. <laughs> It's funny because it's a total it's a total palette switch because it's like I'm used to I watch a fair amount of TV shows, but I don't watch a fair amount of movies. Right. So when we did these for movies, I was real fucking struggling. I had, not only the fact that we like set this up at like a month ahead, essentially, I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted. And I also had a lot of shows that I've watched to choose from. So it was a lot easier than trying to find movies, which I seldom watch. You see, complete opposite for me. I. I, I realize I don't watch many TV shows, but I watch a ton of movies. But I could do this again. I mm-hmm. I, I definitely could because as I started going through them, I'm like, oh man, I, I that that's a great scene. 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 But I just don't watch many TV shows. But go ahead and set up your first one because uh, I've got it ready to go when you are, sir. All right. This is my. Uh, this is the part that I excel at. Is being as vague as humanly possible without realizing it. <laughs> um, so this is the first scene that I picked is from Breaking Bad. It's a little independent show. Maybe a couple of you have heard about it. It's it doesn't really have a big fan base or anything. No, no, not at all. Um, anyways, this is uh, Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul, the actor that plays him. He's in rehab. He's sort of to kind of the lead into it is he's talking about a dog that he killed. It's not an actual dog. I believe it was just him sort of having regret for some of the people that he killed. Or I forget exactly what time frame this takes place. And his girlfriend overdosed and died. So I, he's got that way on him, too. So he's in rehab. He's sort of racked with guilt. But he also has ulterior motives. And we learn about those. Okay, it sounds uh, very comical. Oh, yes. Well, like I said, start with serious, end with serious, but there's a lot of goofy <laughs> shit in between. We'll get there. I guess I, I mean, you, no, I, I, what could be funnier than that? That's all Groucho Marx bit. I mean, I kind of did the same thing. I started with a serious scene from the unit. Now I went to Kenny Powers and then. All right, let's do <laughs> See, this. you threw me off a little bit because I thought you would have primarily serious shit. So I was like, I'll provide some comedy relief. And you're like, Eastbound and Down. I'm like, well, I, fuck. I even said that the Eastbound and Down one was going to be a little surprising being as I'm more of a cop show. I figured everyone would think I'd have all cop show things in here. I don't. I've got, I've got a little different. I, uh, I, I sprinkled it. I sprinkled there it in. Go. But I do have an NYPD Blue to end it off with, of course. But uh, Smart, here's yours. Breaking Bad. Here we go. Well, what was the problem? Why'd you have to kill him? Watch the crosstalk, please. Maybe it's not the details that matter, right? How'd you feel about what you did, Jesse? 
I don't know. Who cares how you feel? What kind of a person kills a dog for no reason? Colleen. You put an ad in the paper, you drop him off at his shoulder, you don't just sit there and talk about killing a helpless, innocent Colleen. animal. We're not here to sit in judgment. Why not? Why not? Maybe, maybe she's right. You know, maybe I should have put it in the paper. Maybe I, I should have done something different. The thing is, if you just do stuff and nothing happens, what's it all mean? What's the point? Oh, right, this, this whole thing is about self-acceptance. Kicking the hell out of yourself doesn't give meaning to anything. So I should stop judging and accept to start. So no matter what I do, hooray for me because I'm a great guy. It's all good. No matter how many dogs I kill, I just what, do an inventory and accept. I mean, you back your truck over your own kid and you like accept? What a load of crap. Hey, Jesse, I know you're in pain. No, you, you know what? Why I'm here in the first place is to sell you meth. You're nothing to me but customers. I made you my bitch. You okay with that? Huh? You accept? No. About time. Uh, wow. Um... <clears throat> Smart, I've never seen that show, but by that clip, I need to watch it. It's in my Netflix to watch. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I need to start that show. I have. One it's hard because the hype monster has kind of taken over. I was fortunate enough to watch it while it was still going on. I was it was a couple of seasons in. I wasn't like right there from the beginning, but I saw it like season three or season four. It was funny because. I had watched the first season and there was like two seasons left for me to watch in order to catch up. And I just told just offhandedly, I told my grandfather that I had been watching it. And like, it was a week later where he was, I like, I hadn't watched any new episodes and he had in that week caught up on all three seasons. And he was like, so where are you at? I was like, well, I'm about to start season two. He's like, you need to hurry the fuck up so we can talk about it. And I was like, wow, you really <laughs> like that show, huh? And like, he got mad at me, like for real, because I recommended a show and then didn't keep up with it. I kept hearing about it. I kept, uh, you know, as it went on, I kept people were talking about it. And I'm like, man, this show sounds really fucking good. And I just, for some reason, I never watched it. But that scene right there, that'll, that, that makes me want to watch it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Not that, you know, he's, you know, sitting there in agony and pain and depression, but just seems like my kind of show yeah i mean there's definitely some you know cop show elements to it too and you know drug trade all that kind of good stuff crime action that whole thing oh crime and action i'm down with 
Mm-hmm. I'm always down with the crime in action. That's it. So, um, yeah, man. I, 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 like I said, I, I definitely need to check me out some, some Breaking Bad. But, uh, all right, you get one more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I believe if I'm calling the order that I sent these to you in. I wanted to kind of go as goofy as possible to kind of chase that. I didn't know I'd be going back to back, but it still works. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from and it was another HBO show, uh, oddly enough. So it kind of works well with the, your second clip is that mm-hmm. it's a uh, flight of the Concord. This is just from a band meeting. You really don't need to know more than that. It's the two guys, Brett and Jermaine, and they're meeting with their band manager, Murray. And there's a couple of uh, misconceptions as to <laughs> what he likes to be called. Uh, now, uh, Flight of the Concords. I have never heard of this show. It, Essentially, it's New Zealand Tenacious D. If you just like remove the dick jokes, ah, oh, they're okay. uh, they're a music, they're like more folk than rock. But it's a situation where like they have literally one fan, but she's a super fan. She like shows up at all their gigs, even when they like, play like in small bars and like hotel rooms and shit. So it's just like the whole. Part of the joke is just that they're just super obscure, like not going anywhere kind of band. Okay. All right. I got you. All right. Let's play it and see what happens. Band agenda. Item one, haircut. Brett. No, haven't heard done. Well, get it cut. I mean, you don't hear of professional musicians with long hair. Well, Led Zeppelin. I mean, a man. Needs a trim. Yours is pretty long, man. Item two, A. Gig. Oh, a gig. I'm going to get you guys another gig. What do you mean, another gig? Remember the other one? Vaguely. Well, what about another one? Murray, I was thinking perhaps we could do gigs at night. No. Yes, most bands, no, most bands no, play at night. Not again. We've no. talked about this. Most bands play at night. It's too dangerous out there at night. We go around walking around at night all the time. Well, you know, anything could happen. You could get run over, pickpocketed, um, fall down a manhole, bump into people, murdered... Imagine that. Or even just ridiculed. We've never been ridiculed. No. You haven't? No. Well, that's a surprise. I get ridiculed all the time. Really? Yep. Oh, hey. Ginger balls. (laughs) You know? That was Brett. He called you that. Oh, the other night. Well, it's not just you, Brett. It's all the time, and it's not just ginger balls, you know? I thought that was your nickname. No! I get, um... Oh, what are you on your way to a dick meeting? <laughs> that, you know what that reminds me of? Um, first of all, it's very Monty Python. Yeah, definitely. Very Monty Python. But it reminds me of a show that I used to watch called uh, Z-Rock. Oh, yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, it had an uh, old guy. What's, I can't remember his fucking name right now. Um, but he does that Legion of the Skanks podcast, the fucking big guy... It had Big that. Big J. Okerson. Got him. It had that, and it also had um, the guy from Blues Travelers was in it. Mm, okay. The the lead singer of Blue Travelers. I forget his name. I don't know why. Uh, John Popper. John Popper is also in that show. It, 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 it's got that vibe, that Z-Rock, and definitely a lot of Monty Python. Wow, I'm glad I, I sent you that, because I hadn't even thought about Z-Rock in a long time, and now I want to check that out again. <laughs> it's a good little show, man. I like me some Z-Rock. Michael Smith asking what we're talking about. Television scene stealers. 
Michael Smart or Michael Smith. That's what we're talking about. Michael Smart. What the fuck? I've had a few to drink. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's a little bit worrying since the last I had heard from you. You were taking your kids out to get Halloween candy. I no, no I I I I thought we were doing a trunk or treat tonight, but we didn't. Instead, okay. instead, what we did was drive my kids to do Ding Dong Ditch with the Boy Scouts. That's pretty cool. And yeah, I might have had a few before that, but by the time I drove, I was pretty sober because it had been like three hours since I had drove. Since well, since I had drank. What's most important is that you didn't get caught. I guess also that nobody got hurt, but more importantly that you didn't get caught. Well, I drank and then I waited three hours and then I drove. Mm. I think that's enough time. I was pretty sober by the time I I, I got driving, but. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I, I, I really, I can definitely feel the Monty Python in that, in then, in definitely, in that episode or scene, excuse me. But what I, I now, can you give me more of what this show is about? I mean, it's kind of just that that they come, they're from New Zealand, they like move to New York, they're trying to be, you know, they're in a band, mm-hmm. but the band just doesn't ever really go anywhere, and it's just kind of built on them trying to be successful but not being successful at all. Essentially, it only ran for like two seasons, so not too much really happened. Like occasionally, you know, one of them would have a girlfriend or whatever, and that would cause tension within the band or just different things like that. Other, they had like friction with people from uh, like Australia because it was like New Zealand Australia type of situation. It was a beef. Ah, so it was, it was. It's very just irreverent kind of comedy. There's no like real character development or like serious long hanging plots that like played out over time. It was mainly just episode by episode kind of a sitcom situation. All right. All right. Again, I just I I I'd really just the, a heavy Monty Python feel to that whole thing right there in my opinion. Mhm. Yeah. May, maybe it's the accent. That that helps. That helps for sure. Yeah, yeah, it might be the accent. I don't know. But um all right. I guess that means I finally get to go now. My god, smart. Hey, I'm sorry for picking such long clips taking up all the fucking time well you knew i was gonna get at least one cop show in there well i got two i got i got two cop shows in there i got the shield in there Um, okay now this is one that i actually have been wanting to see because everybody talks about it being real good kind of short-lived but good definitely was short-lived uh 2002 2008 um was in this his uh his first show was the commish if you remember that one right there uh that was one of his first shows michael jace is in this who uh, we've talked about a few times in this in this show um but it's 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 a really really it, it's a really if you binge watch this show it's a roller coaster of emotions mm-hmm because it's a show really about dirty cops. I mean, when you get into cop shows, in my opinion, the best two first episodes are NYPD Blue and The Shield. In NYPD Blue, the main character of the show, throughout the whole show, the only character that lasted from season one to season 12 gets shot. In the first episode, you think he's dead. In the first episode of The Shield... 
these guys shoot a cop. In my opinion, those are the first two, like, when you go to intriguing episodes, these two first episodes are, like, hooks. You know what I mean? You've got, yeah. in one in one show, you've got a cop getting shot, so you want to see what happens there. In the next one, you have cops killing a cop. So it's just a crazy, crazy thing. Now, uh, uh, is Mixler doing crazy things, Mark? Yeah, I just haven't seen anything that Michael Smith has typed in because he was asking. You said he was asking what we were talking about, and I hadn't even seen that. Oh well. So it's a sort of an FYI if if he says something and I don't respond or whatever, I'm not purposely ignoring him or anyone else here. Uh, all right, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, this show also has Walton Coggins, which. If you've ever seen Major League Three, he's in that. Uh, he's in a bunch of things. He's in the, uh, if you ever, if you go to Hulu and you look at the uh, Navy SEALs, I think it's called. Um, SEAL Team? SEAL Team Six. Yeah. Yes. He's in that. He's one of the main characters. Uh, a really, really, really good show, that one also. But this show if you watch it is a just a roller coaster of emotions because they're dirty cops and they keep telling lies to try to get clean they keep and and, and they they lie they got to keep up with the lie they keep doing dirtier things that that they think are going to get them out of the trouble they're in but it just gets them deeper in trouble so if you do watch this show it is just amazing to watch, but the scene that I'm going to play is actually the end of the show where Vic, Michael Chiklis, plays a, co a cop named Vic Mackey, actually confesses a lot of the things he had done, not everything he had done, but a lot of the things he had done, he does confess. Now, you're going to hear a little bit of silence in this scene, but it's, it's kind of key to the scene. Um, it's literally his confession where uh, he's getting immunity for everything his team had done. Now, two of his team had already been killed at this point. One killed the other. Then the other one killed his family and himself when they were going after him. So it, it's, again, you're going to, if you binge watch this show, Prepare for the roller coaster of emotions this show gives you. But this last scene here is where he's talking about from the beginning of the show to the end what they've done. And here we go. Let me get that scene. Here we are. signing the papers right now to get his immunity. Your statement will be recorded. We've got a few hours if you're going to meet Beltran by midnight, but uh, let's try to get through this quickly. Is there anything you want to say before I turn on the recorder? State your full name. Victor Samuel Mackey. Also present is Olivia Murray with Immigration and Customs Enforcement. The date is... 
these declarations of his own free will. If you agree with the statement, please say yes. Yes. Anytime you're ready. Little silence coming. drug dealer named Two Time. I shot and killed Detective Terry Crowley. You, you killed a police officer? I planned it. I carried it out. I shot him once. Just below the eye. My strike team was uh, committing criminal acts on a regular basis. At first, it was just uh, taking drugs from bus, turning it around and selling it for profit. We were able to do this by making partnerships with local drug dealers and gangs, you know, that we knew we could leverage. You son of a bitch. I killed Crowley to protect me and my guys. I shot him with two times gun to divert suspicion, but Acevedo knew. Acevedo was his boss. So did Kavanaugh. The IAD investigator was after us. They just couldn't prove it. That was too good. Is that it? How much memory has that thing got? There you go. That little scene right there was about a third of what these guys have had done. Um, again, if you jump on Hulu, I think it's on Netflix too, but Hulu, this series is in full on there. Prepare for the roller coaster ride that you're going to get but that uh, they are so dirty and and they keep trying to get clean smart by doing dirtier things mm. and th they just keep getting deeper and deeper you and you keep watching their colleagues just uh, they're on to them but they can't prove anything it's it's it, it I, I can't even tell you how good this show is. Uh, I, I'll tell you the truth. I never would have watched this show if it wasn't for uh, Jackie Jones over there on In Your Head. Oh, all right. Truthfully, he mentioned it one night that he had watched it and enjoyed it. And I'm like, hmm, that, I like this. Obviously, me being a cop show junkie, I don't know why I had never watched it before. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit, man. Thank you for recommending that show. Because that just, that show is just a fucking emotional roller coaster. Yeah. So, 
Great show, though. So once again, if you've got Hulu, that is one show you can go check out over there. I think it might be on Netflix. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 100% sure it's on Hulu. Very good. There you go. Smart. Yes, sir. I will have at it. Okay, so this one, I sent it to you with a little bit of apprehension because it is political, but it's not directed towards any specific person. It's sort of vague. It very much pushes the boundaries, though. Like Mm. when I saw this, I saw this as a teenager and I couldn't believe that somebody had the balls to do this on television. (laughs) And you'll understand why. Shortly, when we play this clip, it's uh, from the show The Whitest Kids You Know. It was on Fusion at first, and then it became IFC mm-hmm. uh, later on the, down the road. This is just a – there's only one. It's a sketch troupe, but there's th- th- this specific scene only has one person in it. He's uh, Trevor Moore. He passed away a couple of months ago. So I figured this was kind of an appropriate – a little bit of a tribute, I guess, is one of the, my most favorite things that they had done. It was like sort of you mentioned Monty Python earlier. This was sort of my Monty Python because I was a little bit too young for Monty Python, like during its heyday, of course. Right. So by the time I watched it, some of it still held up. But other parts, it was just like, you know, it's a facet of comedy that sometimes doesn't always hold up well over time. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, this was my Monty Python. I would always like watch these sketches, quote these sketches. And I would like even post it. You mentioned in your head when I was on there, I would post it like in the chat room on the message board and things like that, various sketches. And I started seeing other people quote it on the board or in the chat room and shit like that. So it made me feel good that I was putting other people onto the show. And uh, here's my attempt at doing that again, I guess. All right. I'm going to let it play right now. Hi, I'm Trevor Moore. Did you know that it's illegal to say I want to kill the president of the United States of America? It's illegal. It's a federal offense. It's one of the only sentences that you're not allowed to say. And it was okay for me to say it right then because I was just telling you that it's illegal to say I want to kill the president of the United States of America. I'm not actually saying it. I'm just letting you know that it's illegal to say that it's kind of like a public service i'm letting you know so that you don't accidentally go out and say something like that um but what's interesting is that it's it's very illegal to say i really really think someone out there should kill the president of the united states of america that's illegal (laughs) extremely illegal very very illegal but not illegal to say with a mortar launcher (laughs) Because that's its own sentence. It's an incomplete sentence, but it may have nothing to do with the sentence before that. So that's perfectly fine. Perfectly legal. I also found out that it's incredibly illegal, extremely illegal, to go on television and say something like the best place to fire a mortar launcher at the White House would be from the roof of the Rockefeller Hewitt building because of minimal security and you'd have a clear line of sight to the president's bedroom. (laughs) Insanely illegal. Ridiculously, (laughs) recklessly, insanely illegal. (laughs) Yet even more illegal to show an illustrated diagram. (laughs) Insanely illegal. Ridiculously, horribly felonious because they will come to your house in the middle of the night and they will lock you up extremely against the law. Uh, one thing that is technically legal to say is that we have a group that meets Fridays at midnight under the Brooklyn Bridge and the password is Six Emperor Tyrannus. <laughs> okay, but by the way, that show, uh, to, to those, uh, that that clip was from 2007. 
Yeah, it was several presidents ago, so it's not necessarily a commentary on modern day politics. There's no need to freak out. That's what I'm getting at. There's no reason to freak out over any president of this day. That clip was posted in 2007, which means it could have been anywhere before that. So we are not talking about anyone today, but that was fucking hilarious. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just—I was more than anything. It was funny to me, but it was also—I was just impressed that anybody had the balls to get like that. Was really pushing it. Well, y- you got to remember, pushing it back then was a little bit different. You—you—you, <laughs> you, 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 it. Sure. Let's see. Two—I mean, two thousand seven. That would have been Obama, right? I think it was still Bush at the time. A mm, one. Two, three, four, five. I think we were in Obama days. Let's see, two thousand seven president. I think that might have been Obama. I think that I, I think uh, you know what it might have been Bush transferring to Obama. Obama. Yeah, years. could have been. Could have been. Let's. I'm looking it up, but it's hard right now because I have well, a dog in my face. No, right, well, and again, that's when that clip was posted. So. It could yeah, have I mean that kind of again that goes against the whole point is like it's not specifically about one president or the other. It's just a matter of pushing the envelope, the boundaries as far as you could possibly go on network television. Well, yeah, that's what that did. Well, and that's what comedy is supposed to do: push the boundaries, push those fucking you know, push the envelope for the you know cliche saying of it but that's what comedy is supposed to do again i mean i I, me and eric talked to dave Chappelle episode a few weeks ago he's under fire but comedians are supposed to be under fire that is what made sam kinnison hot he was always under fire for what he was saying that is what made andrew dice clay hot he was under fire for the nursery rhymes the dirty comedy he was doing eddie murphy hot for the same reasons he was a dirty comic richard pryor same reason. Comedy is supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to piss people off. It's supposed to get what you know that 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 media coverage, right? And I mean, nowadays though, if if you push that envelope, it's it's either racist or it's sexist or it's transphobic or it's homophobic or it's this or it's that or it's this. It's just. Once again, I, 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 I'll say, as I've been saying, I, I'm happy Dave Chappelle is not bending a knee to anyone. He's actually used those exact words. I believe he's standing up for not only himself, but I believe he's standing up for comedy yes, and comedians. He, he had a uh, rebuttal to that whole, I guess, epilogue, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. He had, he talked about the controversy surrounding that special. There's a YouTube, you can find it on YouTube. Like one of his recent shows, he talked about, you know, like the attempted boycott mm-hmm. of his stuff, you know, trying to get it removed from Netflix and the the walkouts and the protests and you know, on the Netflix corporate headquarters and you know, all that kind of stuff. He addressed that. So that's out there for anybody that wants to check that out. Yeah, I mean, and the Netflix employees that are walking out for this, that they didn't walk out when cuties, which sexualized young girls, underage, yes. like 11-year-old girls, 10, 11-year-old girls, they didn't walk out when that got put on there. The old, you know, that, that, that was fine. But they walk out for Dave Chappelle telling a few jokes, jokes, comedy. We have really lost sight 
of what comedy is over the years? It's become this weird thing where, and I, I think it's some of it is like just for whatever reason, that's how some of us get our news in a weird way. It's like the you know late night shows or like the Daily Show or whatever, like when that was still popular. Right. It's like that was a place where people would go for you know news on politics or things like that. It became a point where, for whatever reason, they were supposed to be narrators and not comedians so like whatever they said that was what you thought their actual opinion was or their beliefs were or whatever you know like the whole comedy aspect of it was almost lost to a point where it's like they're supposed to be held responsible for statements that clearly aren't true that are sensationalized or whatever you know that's the whole point of comedy right and i mean i'll be honest i used to watch the daily show when john stewart was on there i mean he really was the news that would just add the word fuck every now and then Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really what he was. He would just add a little F word every now and then, or, you know, well, I just said, fuck, I'm not sure why I'm editing my words. <laughs> why did I just do that? Um, Retroactively censored. <laughs> literally, I just like censored myself for no reason. I, this is an explicit show. We're allowed to say the word fuck. He, um, you know, he, he would literally, he would tell the news. He would, you know, g- give a, a little commentary on it and go to the next thing. But I'll t- I watched it, but I also knew that he was exaggerating some things to make it funny. Right. You know, the, the, but the news now is not what it used to be. I'm not looking to get totally political on this, but it's the news is not what it used to be at this right. point. It's it's garbage. All the news is garbage. Every one of them. I am not focusing on one or the other. I'm saying every single news outlet on television is out there for the ratings, for the fear, for the the, the fear mongering. And that's all mm-hmm. they're out there for. Every single one of them. Yep. It's a TV show just like anything else, unfortunately. Yep. So they try to get ratings and then even you know the online right try to get clicks try to get ad revenue try to get you to watch the youtube video or whatever so yeah it's just a sensationalism run rampant unfortunately yeah i mean if you follow newsweek on facebook you can read three ads and then they start charging you mm-hmm. once you've read your third ad you're done for the month that's it so it's all about revenue it's all about this it's all about headlines and this and that i don't care who's who's president, I don't care who's this, I don't care who's that, I don't care what your politics are. News is bullshit. All of it, every bit of it. Do your own research. Let me just leave it at that. But this wasn't about to get news, but again, it's just that type of comedy, that cutting-edge comedy, even back then, I mean, just those few years ago was not something that everyone lost their fucking mind over, Smart. Mm -hmm. That's... that's the point I believe both of us were getting at. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it really isn't. It's just something that, you know, you could do that kind of comedy. And I'm uh, again, I know this show wasn't exactly very popular. I mean, fuse, I knew fuse as a music channel back then. It was, yeah, it existed within that realm because it would be like, it would be in between episodes. Like fucking, there was a show called pants off dance off. And like, yeah, it was, Never saw like, that. 
<laughs> karaoke meets like cabaret striptease kind of shit. They didn't actually show anything because it was still network television. But if you were for whatever reason didn't have access to the internet, you needed to get your jollies. I guess you could look at somebody in like their underwear for a minute or two and make the most of it. But yeah, it was still a music channel. They would talk about like Warp Tour and Oz mm -hmm. or maybe not Ozfest, but like all the blues and shit like that. It was almost like they were trying to revamp MTV, but they ended up going the MTV route with television shows and reality mm -hmm. shows and comedy shows. And they found out quick that you, that people just don't want to watch 10 fucking music, you know, videos all day. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, especially now it's hard because you have access to any music video that you want more or less. So waiting and hoping that they'll play something that you like or that you do want to see when you could just as easily access what you want within seconds. Right. It's not a viable option right. these days. Because, I mean, even, you know, YouTube was around back then. Right. You still had access to, like, the majority of music you wanted to listen to when Fusion, or Fusion was around, like, 2006. Yeah, but, I mean, literally now you can go to a, you know, YouTube, type in, you know, 80s and get, like, a 264-song playlist and play it. So, yeah, I mean, and, and music videos, too, Um, you know, whatever you want to watch. But it's just, like I said, that that kind of comedy was commonplace those days, and we just didn't lose our fucking minds over it. Uh, boy, if social media didn't fucking tear this world uh, apart, I don't know what did. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, you have access to people that you don't, wouldn't have normally gotten access to, or it's easier to stay in touch with relatives, friends, or what have you that, you know, don't necessarily live within earshot of you, but there's also some negatives to it. Well, one Cheeto-eating Mountain Dew-drinking person in their basement can get you canceled if they don't like what you did. Yeah, if they but have I mean, that, that all goes back to the Dave Chappelle thing. Right. So I think he's you know testing the limits and he's challenging that standard. And I think you need people to kind of buck back against that if we're ever going to get past this. And I think I think that time's coming. All this shit is yeah. cyclical. It'll it'll come back around. We'll be pushing the envelope again in a couple years. I agree with you. I think I see a turn <laughs> coming around. I think I see it, it's not just Dave Chappelle. I see a lot of Hollywood turning around, changing their mind. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, even, uh, what was it? Uh, was it uh, Nicki Minaj finally started <laughs> saying, even Nicki Minaj finally started saying this. Do y'all not see what's happening with this cancel culture? It's, it's what, what she was saying is we're all putting ourselves to a standard that none of us can live up to. Everyone says something fucked up every now and then, whether you mean it or not, whether you're sober or not. It, everyone fucks up. Everyone makes mistakes. We're human. Right. That's what she was trying to say. And, of course, everyone jumped all over her. No, I'm not sitting here saying I'm a Nicki Minaj fan because she said that. But, right. but I mean, you you do have to kind of wonder like how effective things really have been because the whole idea was you're supposed to get rid of people who did it like dreadful, heinous shit, or said things that were really ridiculous. And meanwhile, you know, like, Bill Cosby's out of prison, so that really didn't do anything. And you got people that, like, you know, just say really terrible shit and do real terrible... Really, it kind of just only... It's a lot of people that are just cannibalizing themselves. 
because it's right. people who primarily agree with the like other parts of that kind of agenda. But then, you know, they accidentally one time said one thing wrong and now they don't have a TV show or whatever the fuck, you know. Well, to be topical, Alec Baldwin tweets in 2007, I wonder what it's like to, you know, wrong to uh, wrongfully kill a person. And then this happens. <laughs> Let me just say karma's a bitch. Uh, and again, I do feel for Alec Baldwin. I feel more for the woman he killed and her family. But um, it is really weird that they haven't like advanced in technology with that kind of shit. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know what the solution would be, but it seems like there's got to be a better way. There probably is, but movies want to be realistic. They want to use, I mean, listen, Brandon Lee got killed the same way. Mm-hmm. He th- there was a live round in a prop gun. It's the same thing that happened, but um, I don't know. Uh, this is going to bring gun safety to a whole new level, and I don't know. I just, I, especially on movie set, it, it should bring gun safety to a new level on a movie set. Uh, f- treat every gun as it's loaded, whether you know it is or not. I'll just say that that's the first thing you learn. When you walk into a class about guns, treat every gun as if it's loaded. Mm-hmm. And I teach my kids that. I don't care if it's a BB gun or a real gun. If my kid is shooting a BB gun, treat it as if it's loaded. Never point it at anyone to pull the trigger unless you're aiming down, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I'm not, again, I don't want to get all political. But um, why not just go to my next clip and that'll uh, completely change the whole thing that's going on here is mark what do you think of that there you go let's do it but i will say i appreciate dave Chappelle standing up hey someone had to do it right and, i mean he is sort of the industry standard at the moment and i yeah. feel like you know he kind of does fall on him a little bit to kind of be the re- representative of comedy stand-up comedy comedians in general to kind of buck against this a little bit. Well, it seems like him and Joe Rogan are right now the only two that are willing to stand up and take the fucking heat. So, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 got to give them a little bit of credit for doing it because both of them are willing to stand. I mean, I'm sure everyone saw the clip of Joe Rogan asking um Dr. Sanjay Gupta, why his why CNN lied about ivermectin, and it's he didn't really have a good answer. They shouldn't have done that. It's not an answer, right? How about we're out for the ratings, and you said something that the you know reigning regime didn't agree with, so we decided to lie. <laughs> that would have been the better Just, answer. I'll say, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, no, I wasn't. It wasn't even really any in, in, to, in response to anything that you had necessarily said. Just as much as it was, as somebody who was like following Joe Rogan, like on MySpace and seeing like the videos he put up on MySpace, and like I got in on the ground floor when it came to listening to his podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was listening to his podcast in, like 2011 when he would just have like comedians that he knew. It's just like Bill Burr would show up every couple weeks, and I right. would just fucking that'd be my jam because <laughs> I love Bill Burr, but. It's crazy now to see him become like the essential like interviewer now, just like the main guy. Like he's kind of Oprah now, and it's a very weird thing to see happen. It really is, man. But he really, I mean, his show is the the biggest podcast out there. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you, you can't deny that. But um, all right. I guess I'm going to go ahead. Like I said, let's go ahead and get into my next little clip here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got that little segment done there. Kind of a little, little bit off our chest, I guess. Yeah, it's cathartic. But I'm going to bring up a show that I've talked about a few times and have watched more than once. Um, Night Court. I have brought this show up a ton of times. I love this show. It is a very, very old show. It ran from 1984 to 1992. And in 1992, it was pretty much struggling to keep up with the times, to be honest with you. It still had that 80s humor to it. And it just wasn't clicking in 1992. It just never got rid of it. Um, The scene I'm going to play is with John Larroquette and Harry Anderson. John Larroquette was a lawyer in this show. He played Dan Fielding, who was sort of a woman. Well, not sort of. He was a big womanizer in the show. Um, You could do that back in the 80s and not be called a piece of shit. Um, But uh, he was a womanizer in the show. And this scene, he sort of broke character. Uh, just kind of played a selfish guy throughout the whole whole show. This scene, though, Harry had quit. He had quit being a judge because a kid had gotten killed um, that he was trying to kind of mentor and had spoken to. And it's a pretty, you know, if you go through this show, it's a really it, it, good show. Uh, tons of... Uh, guest stars in this show. Michael J. Fox was in like the second or third episode. Um, a ton of people rolled through that that show that became famous later in life. But I'm going to go ahead and play one clip here. Once, I, Like I said, it's uh, right after that. And you get Dan Fielding sort of out of character talking to Harry. They're in a bar. Um, Harry's playing pool and everybody leaves. And it's just those two, and Dan decides to give him a piece of his mind. So here you go. You, know, uh, you guys go ahead. I'll, I'll be up in a minute. Hey, guys, now I'm counting on you to come down here and keep me up to date on things, you know, like when we get new presidents and stuff. <laughs> Great bunch of kids, huh? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, you're not a judge anymore. That's right. You twerp. I beg your pardon. You simp. You pathetic, whining, wheezing, jackass twig. I get the feeling you're trying to tell me something, Dan. What the hell am I supposed to do now? You? Yes. I just get you broken into where I can handle you, and now I gotta take my chances with some new judge. Oh, I see your point. What are the chances of me getting somebody as naive and as ignorant as you are again? I don't know what, 50, 60 to 1, maybe? Wait a minute, do you think I'm kidding around here or what? Dan, I really don't... Why don't you just shut your beady little face? (laughs) You had a couple of bad nights. Is that any reason to just quit, throw it all away? It wasn't a couple of bad nights, Dan. A kid got shot. Now, you tell me that if I go back, that's not going to happen again. 
it will happen again, eventually. We can only do what the law will allow us to do. That's it. That ain't good enough for me. Oh, of course, I understand. You want to change a little water into wine once in a while, cure a few blind men here and there. <laughs> Dan, I can't go back. I can't do it. It's too hard. Maybe it is. <clears throat> I wouldn't know. Maybe... All of those people you helped when they needed it don't make up for the few that you couldn't. I'll give your respects to the downtrodden and the oppressed. I'm sure they'll understand. You're not playing fair, Dan. You were good, Harry. Very good. You were impartial. You were fair. Patient. Compassionate understanding and I admired you that's really getting below the belt isn't it <laughs> ciao baby so there you go and to be honest without the laugh track I, I, I think the laugh track was kind of put in the lighten up that scene a little bit but that's a pretty pretty serious scene but it, it it was one of the best scenes of that show right there again you got dan fielding out of the selfish self-righteous womanizing character and he just sort of went off on harry anderson who i think last year or the year before just passed and i i was a huge fan of harry anderson um he, he, he was a, 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 not only was he an actor, but he was a magician. I was always into magic, Mark. Hmm. I don't. You mentioned this before. I have before. I don't know why, but I've always been into magic. My dad took me to a magic store. I found out how easy a lot of the tricks they do are, and uh, it it intrigued me to just look at magic more. But Harry Anderson was. A, a, a little part of that whole exposing some of those simple tricks, which kind of didn't put him very, very, very well in the magic community. But um, was he the guy mm-hmm. who did the Secrets Exposed show? No. Okay. No, it was not him. No, 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 no. No, it was not him. But really, I mean, he was you know, on the show. Th- that was one of the great things about the show because on the even on Night Court, he used to do magic tricks up there on the stand, and I always thought it was cool. Again, I I I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I was always into magic. Like I said, my dad brought me to a magic shop, and um, the first trick, the, one of the first tricks I ever learned, I can still do very well. It was called a hot rod. It's a little piece of plastic you know maybe one day when i do a youtube show i'll show you guys that trick but uh, that was one and i learned how much you can do with a fake thumb mm-hmm. you can do hundreds of tricks with a fake thumb you can nice. make money disappear you can make napkins disappear cigarettes disappear you can do hundreds of tricks with just a simple fake thumb 
and uh, you'd be surprised. But my dad always took me to uh, found this little magic shop that um, showed people how to do tricks once you bought them. And it's amazing once you buy these tricks that look unbelievable how simple they are. It's it's pretty cool, man, to see that. But he was one of the reasons I actually got into magic, just this little show right here. But uh, that's one show that will always stick with me, Night Court, right there. But I just thought that was one of the best scenes of the show. Again, you saw Dan Fielding come out of character. Harry was going through a tough time, which a lot of the show was, it, it, it was mainly a comedy show, which again, while the laugh tracks were thrown in there, because um, that was a pretty serious scene, I would think. But um, there you go. Night Court, that was mine. And uh, Smart, I'm going to get yours loaded up right now as we're talking. There we go. All right. Well, there's not too much necessarily to set up about this. Like I said, I just kind of wanted to have a little bit of a comedic flow in between this serious stuff that I had picked, which, like I said, would be closing out with something serious. So I want to have a little bit of levity. And I think especially after how controversial potentially the scene that I picked before was at the time, I was going to kind of balance things out a little bit. This is from one of my all-time favorite comedy shows still running still pretty quality which is surprising because it's been on for over 10 seasons now and you usually kind of start to notice a dip after seven or eight or so give or take but still running strong one of my all-time favorites it's always sunny in philadelphia there's really not too much to set up here <laughs> the joke kind of stands on its own i tried to pick clips that you didn't need to understand a lot about the show to be able to appreciate all i will say about this one is that they notice that there is a, a bit of a slight modification made into the, one of their bathrooms so this is the discussion that leads <laughs> leads up to and follows that discovery. I do see the title of it. Now, I will say this, Mark, this is a show I have honestly never seen, even though I'm actually a big Danny DeVito fan. I, I like Danny DeVito. But um, I see the title, and I'm not going to hold anybody back anymore. Let's go ahead and hit the play button. Whoa, what is that? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's for watching somebody poop? You think there's some perv coming in here to watch me make? What the hell are you guys doing here? I gotta go to the bathroom. There's a hole in the wall. We're just trying to figure out what it is. Well, 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 Deandra. Would you look at that? <laughs> Frank? D, what you two have discovered today is what is most commonly referred to as a glory hole. A glory hole? A secret portal created as a passageway for one to safely insert one's penis. I'm sorry, a hole to stick your dick in? Uh, yes, the, the partition <laughs> acts as a physical barrier, thus ensuring anonymity throughout the spontaneous act of copulation, or fellatio, or at the very least, a hand job. What? Why? Why would you want to have sex with someone you can't see? Well, D, I think the real question is, why wouldn't you want to have sex with someone you can't see? <laughs> It's very European. You see, Europe leads the way in sexual exploration, and quite frankly, I think it's time we caught up. This sounds hot. I'm gonna go get some duct tape. Oh, now, hold on a second there, Frank. Before you go sticking anything through that hole, <laughs> you might want to consider that on the other side of this wall, more often than not, there's a dude. But you can't see through the wall. So how do you know it's not a girl? I mean, I could just picture a girl, and then it's good. <laughs> 
Right, well, some might find that method effective, but it's a dangerous game you're playing, Frank. Supposing the other guy is picturing a girl also. How's he gonna do that with a dick in his mouth? <laughs> I don't know, that's his problem. <laughs> We're filling it in. <laughs> Great scenes, Mark. <laughs> Indeed. I was kind of just looking, because there's a lot of different ones you could choose from, and I just had, was going through some of them. That one made me laugh first, so I went with that one. But there, there's a lot. There's a, it's a really good show. It's pretty consistent. I enjoy it. <laughs> That's a great, great scene. How's he going to do that with this, with a dick in his mouth? That might have been the best line of the whole scene right there, that girl said. And it's even like even more like having watched it a couple of times now in preparation to this. It's even funnier just the idea of like see like kind of trying to think of imagining the logistics of that of how like Danny DeVito is going to get himself up there. Yeah, that that, that is an additional bit of fun you can add to that. But yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy I, it. I, I must admit I was thinking is he going to stand on the toilet or something? But um, yeah, that that. that that scene, right? I, again, I've never seen that show. And uh, Shaheen used to talk about that show a lot, too. He said it was a great show. And I don't, I don't know why I've never watched it. Uh, I seem to be the guy that watches shows when they're finished. Yeah. And then binge watch the shit out of it. Um, I've, that, that usually is my preferred method, too, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it really is. That's why most of these shows that I talk about are older, because I've really never you know, seen newer shows, but, um, there you go. I guess I hit my last one. Then you hit yours and we can wrap this bad boy up. Sounds good. All right. So you had to know I was going to at least end with an NYPD blue one, right? Yes. sir. Well, I did not to disappoint anyone. I would never want to disappoint. So I did. Now I know I played one last time, but there's, hundreds of scenes I could play from this show that are amazing. Now, this one here, though, is really, really a great scene. It's only two two minutes, 13 seconds, so it's not that long. But there, Andy and John, who is played by, uh, what's his name, Mark Paul Gosseler, or I, I don't know, Zach from uh, Say by the Bell. That's who's that's who's uh, John uh, Andy's partner. They were going after a guy that was um, killed, a guy named Neil who was killed. Neil would get young Latino boys into his home and take advantage of them after they had left prison, and one of them ended up killing him. But that's what this is now. There's a guy named uh, Hilde uh, Idalo that they're talking to now his voice may sound familiar to you he played baby joker in oh yes of course yes what was that next friday yeah next friday no in... more locked doors uh, that uh, no not uh, I... baby joker was the little one the smallest of the ones it was one of the jokers he played uh baby joker was the one that had the beanie maybe that was no because i know which one you're talking about I'm not sure if it was him. It, it Honestly, if you go to IMDb, it says Baby Joker. But I'm not sure if that was the right one because there was so many of them because I think he was the he, he was the heavy one. He was one of the Jokers in that movie, though. 
Um, okay. he, he, and he was in NYPD Blue a couple of times. He's kind of uncredited for one episode he did, but um, NYPD Blue, nineteen ninety three to two thousand five. Obviously, my definite favorite. I'm actually still finishing it right now after starting it two weeks after I finished it again, and I'm already on season eleven. But anyway, I found out I started it October first, so do what you want with that. But I do have one scene once again. Andy had gone in and made a deal with this guy. Listen, if you can get me the information I'm looking for and not dick me around, then I'll get you closer to your family in the prison system. Andy has a friend who can who can do that, and he'll explain that to you in a minute. Um, obviously, Andy Sipowitz in this show, played by Dennis Franz. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it. But Andy decides after this guy fucks him over to tell him how screwed he is because he had told him before, if you think we're messing with you, you got the wrong cops. And Andy decides to tell him why he's got the wrong cops at the end after they found out this guy was dicking him around the whole time. Chris Aguilar gave you up. Said he owed you a favor. That's crazy. You tell Chris. <laughs> okay, you got me. I've been a bad boy. I'll make sure I don't eat dessert tonight. I know about favors. Oh, you do, huh? Yeah. When I was in uniform, I was partnered with this guy, Kurt Kreitzer. We were looking for a guy who held up a liquor store. We turned this corner, Kurt thought he saw someone, so he fires a shot. Turns out it was a woman, a civilian. Wow, fascinating. The woman was grazed, and I talked her out of filing a complaint. After that, Kurt was too skittish to be a cop, but he owed me a favor. Listen, today was great. I haven't had this much fun since, hell, I don't know when. Adalo, you've been giving me the run around all day. You had somebody killed, at least you could hear my story. Screw your story, screw your buddy Kurt, and screw you. Now, Kurt, he wanted a job where he knew who the good guys were and who the bad guys were. Oh, I get it. You came back because you want what Neil wanted, some young Latin boys. But you can't come right out and say it. So he left the police force, and he went into corrections, good guys, bad guys. And he's done really well for himself. Moved up to deputy commissioner of administration for all the pens in the state. He's who I was going to call to get you transferred closer to home, back when I thought that we were going to treat each other civil. Once you get lost, man. Wendy Correctional Facility, Alden, New York, a half hour from the Canadian border, 10 hours from here. They call it the Icebox, Idalo. So you have your family send the earmuffs for those days where it gets 10 below in the yard. And you are there for the rest of your life. Oh, so you're trying to run a game on me now. Game's been run, dickhead. You ship out tomorrow. Wrong cop. There you go. What do you think of that, Smark? That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Once again, and I, I, I don't even know how to explain how great NYPD Blue was. Just such a great show. Great characters. Andy is, once again, the character that goes from season one all the way to season 12. He's one of the 
only characters that actually is in that show for every single ep- he's the only character in that show for every single episode um but that right there is just that that's a later one right there i could play so many like i said i could play hundreds of scenes from from episodes of that show but that one right there is a great one just shows the kind of cop he is he's an aggressive cop and if you fucking wrong him he will fuck you over if he makes a deal with you and you fuck him over he will find a way to to make your life a living hell and uh i don't know man just a great scene and like i've i'm obviously a great show i'm unapologetically obsessed with that show for some reason mm-hmm. i don't know why but i am my wife thinks i'm crazy and that's fine with me it happens i do owe you an apology though because you were right i was looking at this here imdb mm. and uh ronaldo molina's baby joker Okay. That is sort of the uh, mid-length of guys. Lobo Sebastian is Little Joker, who is the tallest of the three. And Jacob Vargas is Joker, just Joker. So you have Baby Joker, Little Joker, and Joker. They really went all out with fleshing out the names of those characters. Really? I mean, hard to do. But, okay, so he was the Baby Joker. Okay, there you go. So yeah. IMDB is correct. All right, there you go. Um the other guy I know, because he's been in a ton of movies too, the other Joker, the 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 shorter, the shortest of the yeah. Jokers, yeah, Jacob Vargas. He was uh, it was uh, since Sons of Anarchy too for a minute. I believe he was uh, in. Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe he was in the Principal. Mayans, I'm looking here. The Principal would have been back in the '80s. Oh, probably not for him. Oh, hold on. He... Yeah, he was actually in a lot of shit. Eighties. No, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. Principal. The Arturo principal. Arturo Diego. Arturo. Diego. Arturo. That's right. He was in the movie The Principal with James Belushi. Great movie, by the way. That's another really, really good movie. If he was in fucking Ernest Goes to Camp too. How about that? Well, you know, you do what you got to do. But hey, there's uh, nothing wrong with that. But I'm, I'm impressed because he looks young next Friday. But he had been in the game for a minute there. He was. He he was a he played a high school student in the principal. So hmm, one of those people that just sort of grew up in the business. I uh, looks like it. So all right, man. We've got uh Smart this one is another one that uh I, I actually have all the episodes of. I've 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 obtained them. It is on my hard drive to 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 watch, but I've been told it's probably one of the uh, the, the the best shows out there, um, you know, in the past ten years. So I'm gonna let you uh, set this up, and I've got it ready to go when you are, sir. All right. Well, like you said, this is another another show that like hype has really gotten to it. But I feel like even so, I caught it after all the hype after. Hundreds of thousands of people have said, "Oh, it's the best show ever!" Blah, blah 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 blah. And for them, I usually anytime that happens for me, it's it's over before it begins because I have a hard time being able to appreciate and enjoy something when it's like supposed to be the greatest thing I've ever seen that sets the bar astronomically high. That being said, it did live up to its hype for the most part. Mm-hmm. Notoriously, the first couple episodes are slow, but then once you get to like episode four or so of the first season, it's it's all a joyride from there. But 
uh, The Wire that we were talking about here. Specifically, this scene, uh, you have basically the two sort of like boogeymen of sorts, I guess. You have Omar, who is a robs drug dealers. He just goes through, and there's numerous outfits, organizations that he gets involved with and kind of makes sure that they don't deal to, like, kids. And then he also takes their profits and, you know, sort of regulates them as much as anyone can stand to do. And he's, like, he literally kind of thought of as the boogeyman. He whistles and, like, people fucking clear out. Everybody's, like, constantly on the lookout anytime they're doing deals looking out for Omar. Um, he is duped into believing because of Stringer Bell, and it's a whole long story, but he's duped into believing that the man, that somebody had shot, well, somebody did, but uh, the man who had shot his boyfriend was Brother Mazon. That's what he's led to believe. It is not the case, but he shoots him, and Brother Mazon ends up getting better. He does not kill him, but Brother Mazon himself is the, uh, he's sort of a hired gun. He's a drug enforcer, hitman, that kind of thing. He doesn't work necessarily with any, you know, he's brought in to be sort of a fixer for an organization. He doesn't necessarily run with any organization, but he's the guy you go to when you you need, like, serious shit taken care of. He, uh, they don't necessarily say it on the show, but it's sort of implied that he's kind of a member of the Nation of Islam, but they never straight up say it. And he's sort of a kind of clash. He's definitely a contrast to the show itself or to a lot of the more sort of gangster people in the show. He's very kind of well-composed. He doesn't swear. He's just very mild-mannered and very business-like, just sort of ruthless. Ah. So you have two men that are just feared throughout the show, and it's sort of a clash of, like, you know, the big moment of the irresistible object moving the meeting the immovable force, and Ooh. that is what we get. So we've got, like, the Keith Lee coming up? Mm-hmm. Just two men who basically everybody is afraid of, and they don't take shit from anybody. It's kind of a little bit... Of like I said before, a contrast because a lot of the show is based heavily in like sort of reality. The characters all feel authentic, but these are the two sort of kind of if there are like super superhero like super powered individuals in the show, these are sort of the more kind of mythological type characters meeting each other. Okay, all right, let's do it. I I do love that as I'm playing this clip, it has a Divix video thing. Divix is, mm-hmm. like, so old school. I love it. And um, I feel like you will specifically appreciate this because there's a lot of gun talk. So this is going to be up your alley. All right. Let's do this. I hit play. Whoa. Loud. There we go. That's far enough. Drop your laundry and turn slowly. So you gonna rob me now? I need to remind you who I am. Omar, isn't it? Pull it slowly, then toss it. Oh, I will move slow. I ain't tossing nothing. Bow tie. So whatever you're going to do, you might as well go ahead and make it quick. I knew you'd come back. I trust you didn't lose sleep over it. Worrying about you be like wondering if the sun going to come up. Ain't about to wild out over it. But I want to know is how you find me. Your boy. 
He didn't give you up easy. Ain't no sugar water run through them veins. You kill him. He's resting. I see you favor a 45. Tonight I do. And I keep one in the chamber in case you ponder it. Hmm. Nice showpiece you got there. Walther, PPK, 380, double action. Hit them Walters like to jump some. As will you, with one in your elbow. That gun ain't got enough firepower to make my joint useless. It definitely won't stop me from emptying out half. All right, real quick, FYI, the Walter PK, uh, PPK 380, mm. that is the James Bond gun. Yes. That is the gun James Bond use, uses. My mag. You might not hit me. This range? And this caliber? Even if I miss, I can't miss. I admire a man with confidence. I don't see no sweat in your brow neither, bro. I suppose we could stand here all night. Suppose we could. Or settle this once and forever. I want to ask you something, brother. One more listening. Oh, shit. I have got to watch this fucking show, man. I have got to watch this show. I feel like you really would enjoy it. There's a lot of... It, it's a back and forth because there's a lot of scenes where they develop, you know, the drug dealers and the, you know, criminals and whatnot, and they flesh out their characters. But there's also a lot of work that they do to establish the characters and whatnot of the various police officers too so it's it's a cop show and a crime show simultaneously they alternate between the crops and the criminals so it's, yeah. it would definitely be up your alley i believe yeah i've I, i've been told i've been actually been told it's one of the greatest cop shows like i said in the last 10 years so i really need to watch that show that scene right there makes me really really want to watch that show so I will have you definitely... seen the show Homicide Life on the Streets? Oh, hell yes. The guy who did that is this show. Really? Yeah, it's the same guy, David Simon. Okay, I have definitely seen hom I have Homicide Life on the Street. That is a great, great show. I mean, talk about a gritty show. Matter of fact, that's one of the only shows I've ever heard mention the word cluster headaches. Hmm. At one point, one guy talks, starts talking about his cluster headaches, and uh, that's the only time I've ever heard that word mentioned on any television show. But that's not why I like that show. That is a very gritty television show about cops and um, not not a lot of the the, the dirty stuff happens. It's you know, kind of NYPD bluish, but it's it's just a, a a down and dirty cop show. Right. It's a great show. Not not it didn't last very long. It would I think there were four or five seasons. Hold on a second here. Let me actually see. I actually shut down Google. Uh, ninety three to ninety nine. Yeah, there you go. So six 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 seasons. I've got them. I've seen them. I've seen them more than one time. That is a really good show. It's another kind of roller coaster ride, but it's a crazy little show. But it's a really good show. But I've definitely seen that. So 
Again. If you like that, it's it's based on the books that he wrote, but then The Wire is he actually created and wrote the show himself. So if you like, like I said, if you like Homicide, then you will definitely like that show. You'll definitely yeah. like The Wire. I, I, again, I've been told to check it out. I, I have it. I need to check it out. I should check it out. I will check it out. And I've actually put it on the hard drive that I have out there. I, it's just, I just haven't got around to watching it yet. But uh, definitely one show I'm going to check out. Like I said, that scene right there was fucking intense. Um, and again, the Walter PPK is a, is the James Bond gun. It's actually my dad's everyday carry. He loves that little thing. It's so light. But that forty five, the other guy had was a, it looked like a Jimenez, which is a more inexpensive gun. Um but might not have been. Well, even that, though, that's a little bit out of character for him normally because normally he carries a shotgun. So that's sort of the thing is that he just shows up with a shotgun. He, wear, you know, he wears the trench coat, held, hides the trench coat, or hides the shotgun under the trench coat, pulls the shotgun out, mm. and pretty much gets what he wants. Well, that's funny. It, it makes sense because in the, the scene, he says, I see you prefer a forty-five, and he said, tonight I do. Yeah. So that... Again, man, that's just that that was an intense scene. Talk about a that was like a cliffhanger. You you ended that on the cliffhanger, making me want to watch that show. So I hope everybody else does too. If you haven't seen it, definitely check out the wire. Holy shit. Smart that's ends really the show, show with a cliffhanger. Indeed, indeed. It was it is a really good show. And unfortunately, not to be total downer, but I did Actually, doing preparation for this show, I learned that last month, the uh, Michael K. Williams, the guy who plays Omar, passed away. And I had not known that because mm. so much stuff was going on just, you know, the last couple of weeks and months with everything, you know, everything in the world today, you know, everything that's going on there. It's just right. been so crazy that I didn't even realize that until I went to look at the scene. I was looking at some comments. I made the mistake of looking at YouTube comments, which is never a good, nothing no, no, good no, no, ever no. comes of that. No. But I was just no. seeing a bunch of RIP Omar. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I looked and I was like, yeah, sure enough. So that's unfortunate. But I did decide, yeah, I specifically wanted to play that last, just to kind of tribute his work because he, his character on the show, Omar, and a couple of other things that he's in, he does a really good job with. Wow. Nice, man. I did not know that. But that's, 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 that is crazy. And you're right, with all the crazy shit going on, you just miss so much fucking, you know, Facebook doesn't pop up the news you really want it to, it's just. Like, I think it was you that told me about Bismarck, like, it's just so many weird things have been happening these days. I know, man, so many people just passing away, and it just, it just doesn't make the news, and it's pretty crazy that, that it doesn't, it's just, what makes the news, for some reason, is only politics lately. Well, right now, specifically, it's just been so COVID-dominated. I mean, I understand oh, why, but yeah. it's just anything that isn't, like, directly related to COVID kind of gets buried at the moment. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, but anyway, man, I'm uh, I'm glad you uh, you ended up coming on by, Smart. I'm glad, um, like I said, I, I, I in the beginning, I'm like, man, I, I only had five ready, so this would have been an incredibly short show had you not had your right. five, but... Man, those were five good ones right there, man. Like I said, I, I, I really struggled to do this because I realized I just don't watch enough TV shows. But we can, uh, I could probably scrounge up five more and uh, 
definitely I can scrounge up another NYPD blue one because I like sneaking those in here because I'm, uh, you know, you know, I just, like I said, I'm, I'm obsessed with that show for some reason. I don't know why. I think we all have our thing. Some, you know, some of us have multiple things, but we all have our TV show or movie or whatever that we tend to have a bit of an obsession with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife, again, my wife thinks I'm crazy. I'll, I'll stop it and I'll kind of be like, I'm depressed. Why? Uh, NYPD Blue is over again. And she's like, well, you've seen it like six times. I'm like, well, more than that, but shut up. (laughs) Six that you know about. Don't make me get all fucking trailer park Texas on you. Uh, (laughs) I would never. Um, But anyway, I uh, I think we can. uh, I've got nothing else, man. We can wrap up, right? Sure. You know what? I'm actually. I'll hit real quick as I asked you about something. You did before because I had actually inspired by. I, I had really wanted to get on when I figured out what you were doing last Saturday because mm. you were doing the top ten horror movies. Oh, you're so right. So I asked you real quick if I could give you mine, and I didn't make my list. I would go ahead, and I'm not going to be super long on this one, but I will go ahead and name those off for you. So we got the top ten here, and I'm just go by real quick. The Strangers. Number one, mm-hmm. or number ten, rather, and could count them down. All right. There's a line in this movie specifically that, like, it's one of my favorite lines in horror movies because they torture these poor people, so these three masked assailants, and they torture these this couple who's kind of having some marital issues before the whole fun of the killing starts. And she asks the the people specifically with like tears in her eyes, "Why are you doing this to us?" And the lady looks at her and just says, "Because you were home." And just the idea of, like, that's all it takes sometimes for you to be targeted by fucking psychopaths. It's just wrong place, wrong time. That line always stuck with me. Wow. Uh, number nine, real quick here. This is the most controversial one, I feel like, because number nine is Dawn of the Dead, but the 2004 version, the Zack Snyder version. Okay. Everybody loves the original Dawn of the Dead. I enjoy it, too, but I just feel like it was just more action-packed. And I'm all about some killing, so that, was, uh, that got my goat there. Number eight... <laughs> <laughs> I do love me some murder porn, unfortunately. All right. Oh, well, let's just keep going, Smart. Just keep rolling. <sighs> well, not not in literal sense, but I do enjoy blood and gore. Uh, number eight. It's a kind of an independent movie. It's called Terrifier. It's came out in 2017. It's pretty good. Like I like I said, I love gore. I love murder, and the amount of gore and the creative ways in which people were murdered in the movie. Like as somebody who's seen just an absurd amount of horror movies, it it really it was innovative to me. So it's pretty impressive. I'd recommend you check it out. It's on Hulu, or not Hulu, Tubi rather. Too, it's on Tubi. Ah, Number seven, the original Saw. Number six, Hmm. Sleepaway Camp. It's got a. I like I said, I tend to prefer the more violent and gory movies. This one's a little bit more subtle. They don't show the kills quite as much, Mm -hmm. but they do a good job of building suspense and kind of leaving you guessing as to what the twist at the end is going to be. Who's responsible for killing all of these people? And to this day, I've watched it a couple of times. Not sure if I like the twist, but the twist is definitely memorable. That's all I will say about that. Okay. Number five, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It was the first of. The first time that Jason actually put on the hockey mask. Because mm. part one is his mom. Part two, he's wearing a fucking sack on his head. And he looks ridiculous, and I hate that one. But part one is good. Part three is really good. And then it kind of just takes a nosedive after that. Number four, the original Halloween. 
and just kind of have to put that on there as okay. somebody who primarily is into the slasher subgenre of horror. That's my soft spot. It's kind of the one that popularized the slasher genre, so I got to put that on there. Mm-hmm. Number three is one that I saw for the first time this year, and that tells you how good it is. I've seen a lot of hype about it, and it actually lived up to the hype. 1982 version of The Thing, the John Carpenter movie. Okay. It is really fucking good. Like, it is, even to this day, like, the effects, even though, you know, a couple decades passed since that point, the special effects are great. Everything, the monsters look great. There's actually a couple of really good tense moments and some genuine scares. It's good shit. Number two, the original Hills Have Eyes. The remake is also good. You can't go wrong either way on that one. And number one is Cabin in the Woods. Ooh. It's a more recent one. They're, they're, the whole point is built like the, what makes the movie great is the twist on that, and it's a very unconventional way that they do the slasher genre. I really enjoy it, and it's the only that was like the first when I started amassing my collection of movies. It was the very first one that I got. Mm. Came out in 2011. I'm not sure where you can watch it at the moment because I do own it, but. Uh, I recommend, you know, seeking it out. Everybody has their ways of acquiring media these days. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But The Cabin <laughs> in the Woods is my top favorite movie. There you go. And I mean, you know, I, I obviously last week I did my my top 10 horror movies, which just I'm sure that was that list was a little weird to a lot of people. But I don't know. I did what I did. It, did inspire me to listen to it because, like I said, I caught a little bit of it while you were going live. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I heard was, well, you know, Gary Busey looks weird, but, you know, he's a pretty good actor. And I was like, all right, well, you piqued my interest. I'm going to have to go ahead and listen to this. But, yeah, I enjoyed that episode. Like well, you said, was... for, you, you kind of had a little bit of a hard time of, like, just as you were saying, you don't own a lot of horror movies. You don't watch a lot of horror movies. But right. I think you did a good job. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, like I said, this, this, I mean, the first power is an awesome one. Like I said, I, 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 the most of the horror movies I remember are from my dad, because mm-hmm. my dad loves horror movies, loves them, and I just, I don't know. Like I said, if, to me, if you've seen them one, you've if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Oh look, she's gonna fall. She fell. Mm-hmm. Oh look. She's going to go where she shouldn't go. Oh, look, she went where she shouldn't go. It's just, I don't know. But I do like certain ones, and I felt that I I pulled out a few good ones. Maybe not, but who knows? Yeah, I, th- I think you did a good job. And I mean, no. it's kind of interesting that you say that, because like you said, your dad got you into it. My mom was one that introduced me into it. Hmm. Just like, you know, being... Younger than I should have been. <laughs> Being oh, like, yeah. you know, eight, nine, ten years old and watching like the Halloweens and Friday thirteens and Nightmare on Elm Street, that kind of shit. The first time she showed me Nightmare on Elm Street, I fell asleep twenty minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like ten or eleven. She was worried that it was gonna keep me up at night and I ended up like just fell asleep twenty minutes in, completely ignored the point and the message of that movie. But I, I did watch it a couple of times after the fact and I do I, I love it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Nice. Well, there you go, man. I uh, nice. I think we can wrap up on that. Yeah, let's do it. Since All it right. is uh, we're about a half hour, at least my time, Eastern Standard Time, away from Halloween. So yeah, there you go. Have a happy Halloween, everybody. There you go, and safe, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, within yeah. reason. And don't I know die. this might have been. You, know, a you weird... get a little bit risky if you want to. Yeah, I mean a little bit. Don't don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Just just just. 
just, you know, judge the hurtness. I mean, Smart would like to see you get killed and murdered, obviously. <laughs> I did realize that I've watched entirely too many horror movies when a while back I we uh it was Anthony Shaheen and I were watching a CZW show and there there was a couple of death matches on the card and like they were reacting the way that like normal human beings would react to seeing people get like gusset plates <laughs> stuck into their heads and skewers shoved into their face and just uh-huh, like uh-huh. pile driven into thumbtacks and shit like that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I can see how that hurt. But that was pretty cool, though. <laughs> and I just felt like a real fucking psycho. And I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Just not even barely like, yeah, that's not bad. I could I've seen worse. Mm-hmm. I've seen worse. But anyway, let's go ahead and knock this bad boy out, get this bad boy over with. I need to go drink more, to be honest with you. Um, For sure. All right. So there we go. That means you guys got to check out the high marks. That's right. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's G-Wiz. Where are you going to check them out? Mixed.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. That's right. There's two T's in Mitt. No stammering. No stuttering. Mixler. Dot com slash metal mint network 8 30 p.m eastern time sunday nights do not forget to check them out and of course you've got bobby anthem bobby blaze the inhumans and they are on the inhuman experience if you have not subscribed yet be ashamed of yourself very very ashamed of yourself and go and subscribe and of course you've got eric and doug and daniel over there they are on the everything unscripted wrestling podcast check them out all the usual podcast platforms and check out EUP network over there on blog talk radio to to uh, listen to them and of course we've got Steve Milan sharing the show that's right check him out reviewing films letterbox boxd.com slash Stephen Milan put two L's in Milan when you do that and you will find him over there there you go smart roll it Yes, sir. Mondays, 8.30 p.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. It is Cheese on Sports with Cheese Man, G-Wiz, Luke Birch, and myself. Also, they're 10.30 a.m. Sundays for the time being. It is the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk. And last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Back on Tour. It's the Planet Rag on Tour podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yug Nasty. All 16 episodes of Season 1 are available for your listening pleasure as well as Season 2, which is rolling out as we speak. So be sure to subscribe to check it out. There you go. And once again, if uh, I did have to change the name of this show, um, Mixler, Mixler.com slash Hollywood-Hangout. Definitely go ahead and check it out if you guys want to listen live. And don't forget to check out me and Smart back here once again. Wednesday nights, Dirt Sheet Dudes. Mixler.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. See ya. Adios.